Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. I recently met up with my friend and ruralist partner, Brooke Clay of Rural Gone Urban, as our travel paths were crossing in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We had a great conversation about the power of story, her rural influencer project and what makes someone an influencer, and why the narrative is changing for rural America. Plus, we let you in on the story behind the ruralist and how that came to be. I'm so excited to bring this interview to you today. So here we go with Brooke Clay. All right, well, we are here today in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Brooke Clay, my friend, who is also an entrepreneur, we met up on the road here at a friend's house, so it seems fitting. Thanks for being on the podcast, Brooke. Thanks for letting me be on the podcast. Absolutely. You're welcome anytime. I feel like I've been fangirling all of your guests and just waiting. <laughs> Maybe I will join the Cool Kids Club. Absolutely. Well, Brooke, you have a company called Rural Gun Urban, which is probably what most people know you for. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit about your rural roots. So I like to say I'm a transplant. My family, both sides, all branches, are from Johnson County, Indiana. And in the late 90s, my parents loaded a pot belly full of cattle, my two siblings, and our vehicles and moved us to Perkins, Oklahoma. So we were the only the only family on any side of the family tree to have left Johnson County. So I was originally raised by soybeans and corn, and then I came to Oklahoma where starch is life, and winter wheat and black cattle are the number one best thing that you can encounter on a Sunday drive. So remember when uh, video cameras were huge, like the actual size of video cameras? My, when my parents came to Oklahoma to scout potential locations we would be moving, my mom bought, brought back a recording, VHS style, of our house. And I remember watching and thinking, there's no way I am walking up that driveway to catch a school bus. <laughs> like, you've lost your mind. And it was, wasn't until we actually, I came to Oklahoma and I'm driving down this road that my mom said, honey, this is this is not our driveway. This is a, this is the road. Like I'd never even considered that roads were not paved. And I'm from rural Indiana. Like I guess our county commissioners are just a little more on top of it. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. But um, so yeah, I, I grew up on a red dirt road. It's where I learned to drive, had a lot of firsts. Um, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. Well, your path eventually led you to Oklahoma State. It did. Where did your career take you after that? So I took a traditional ag com route right out of the gate and I worked for a commodity group. And what I quickly found was it was maybe a bit too traditional and inside the box for me. So I took a, a leap of faith and I went to an ad agency that led to another ad agency to another ad agency. And that path led me from Oklahoma City to North Carolina, to Austin, Texas, to Nashville with the opportunities to work in Milwaukee and Boston while kind of jet-setting across the country, giving me a whole handful of crazy experiences. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about your agency work. What were you doing for these agencies? So I started as a travel writer for South Central Oklahoma through the agency in Oklahoma City, and I launched from the ground up with a team of people 
um, Chickasaw country. And I was the original travel blogger, which meant I had the coolest job in the state of Oklahoma. I was responsible for covering boutiques, concerts. Lee Bryce called me ma'am once. I was a 25-year-old puddle on the floor. Um, It was an incredible opportunity to really tell stories for rural Oklahoma. And I was just so passionate about, you know, not just telling those stories for other people in Oklahoma, but for the outsiders coming in. And, you know, that opportunity led me to work with North Carolina Tourism, which was where I was really doing the same thing. And so for agencies that I started as a writer and moved into a social media manager position very much when I was very new, people were still figuring out what does that mean? You mean interns don't run Facebook accounts? But what I also found through that is I am very good at working with clients. I am a nerd for logistics and data and planning and strategizing. So I was always in really a hybrid role of creative and account exec, which for anyone who's not familiar with ad agencies, it's a little bit like Mad Men, really. Yeah, it is. And that, you know, as an account exec, it is your responsibility to make sure your client's happy all the time, 24 hours a day. So it was a really interesting blend of putting your creative hat on and creating graphics and writing stories and, you know, helping the the creative team on video production and then also switching gears and being completely analytical. And that was a really fun exercise for me. Well, one of the things that I really admire about you is your amazing writing skills. So when did you know that you wanted to be a writer? Very, very early as a child, I knew that I had a creative spark. My grandmother, her name was Claudia. I called her Grandma Claudie. She was an artist, a painter, a storyteller. She was always encouraging me to do creative things. And very young, I would write stories and she would help me draw pictures to match those stories. And I remember being two or three when that was happening. And that, you know, that went into to elementary school where I had a few poems published and some books, which is strange. They make great coffee table books now. (laughs) Um, But it just kind of was the one thing that I felt like I, I could do. I, I suffered. I didn't suffer. I, my, my dad passed away when I was very young. So I, as an, and for my personality, uh, I don't process feelings like most people. I would say like a true creative, I like to keep them to myself and then find a creative outlet for them instead of just talking about them. So I would write things. And that was really my outlet at a very young age. And I found that I was kind of good at it. Um, I have a way of saying things unintentionally, creatively. I just, you know, someone could see the sky a certain color and I see the exact same sky and write about it in a different way and just kind of happens. You definitely have a gift. Well, thank you. Yeah, I love it. I appreciate it very much. (laughs) Well, why is the power of story important for rural businesses? You know, I think there are some really great case studies of businesses that on their own would be semi-successful because of their customer base, but because they have the ability or the opportunity to really weave their stories into their marketing or their business or the events that they do, that they reach a greater audience, a bigger audience that, and then, you know, puts their small town on the map. And for me, that's so important to the power of storytelling. You know, it reaches so many people you, you didn't even consider could be a customer. Mm-hmm. Well, you've had the opportunity to work on a lot of really great, fun projects 
which ones stand out as some of your favorites? Oh, can I name all of them? Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, I think it's really fun to do something out of the box where maybe a client or a partner is kind of leery at first. And maybe that's not always the case, but I worked with a an organization that was um, creating content about food. And we said, you know, maybe instead of talking about food specifically, we talk about why people are nervous about their food choices. And maybe it's just the guilt that we feel as, you know, all of our choices have a ripple effect, whether that's feeding our families or feeding our children. So what if we focus on that? But one of my favorite projects that I worked on, I wasn't the lead on, um, but it was Project 543 in North Carolina for North Carolina tourism. And from one corner of the state to the other corner of the state's 543 miles. So they told 543 stories about different places in small town North Carolina. And just playing a really small role in that showed me the power of, wow, that's a lot of stories for one state. It's a lot of small families. And what if, what if every state did this? How many stories could we tell? And I think that's kind of what you and I are working on. We're still just trying to add to the story base. Absolutely. Well, one of the projects that you are working on that actually stood out to me is really how we got connected through a mutual friend. But um, as I heard of your name and was looking through your website, I'm like, whoa, she has a rural influencer project. I love that. So tell us a little bit about that, and then we can talk more about kind of where all the all of this led. Sure. So rural influencer, I know there's a lot of talk about what is an influencer these days, and really, I insert any other word, blogger, Instagrammer, content creator, storyteller. We're going to use influencer because it encompasses all of those things and more. And what the project is, is about identifying those in rural America who are telling stories about rural America, whether it's their storefront, whether it's their farm or their ranch or equal opportunity rural, you know, rural stories. And it's giving them the tools to reach a broader audience. You know, it's one thing to be really great at storytelling and it's a whole nother thing to be really good at creating graphics or producing a podcast, or creating a website in a way that's built that it can reach people on the East or the West Coast. So what I want to help facilitate and lead is how can we help these content creators for rural America and help them reach a bigger audience. And uh, full transparency here, you know, their time is worth money. And so if they're going to take time away from working the cash register at their storefront property or take time away from helping their family on their farm or ranch, I think there's nothing wrong with making a few extra bucks to help out with the mortgage. And so some of the things we touch on is how can we monetize your website and what is a sponsored post? Don't take on every sponsored post, but what if there's an opportunity that aligns with your brand? Are you set up to take on that opportunity? And that just brings to mind the power of the internet mm-hmm. and how that has shifted everything for rural mm-hmm. because now you can be on your farm in the middle of nowhere, which we don't think is the middle of nowhere, but some people might classify right. that way and reach this huge audience. So it's been really exciting to see all of the possibilities out there. Well, one of the things that after seeing you doing the Rural Influencer Project, something that be- had been on my heart was to somehow create a list of rural influencers Mm -hmm. and just shine a light on people who are doing 
great things in rural areas and who are taking a leadership role and making a difference and who maybe people don't know about, but they need to. Right. So when you and I first connected, I called you one day and I'm like, I have this idea (laughs) and you're passionate about it too, I know, because of the Rural Influencer Project. And so together we came up with what we now call the Ruralist. It is one of my favorite projects. Um, So if you're not familiar with the Ruralist, it is equal opportunity, time zone, commodities, industry. The common denominator is that the individual we are highlighting or partnership we are highlighting is based in rural America. So what's different about the rural list than other lists that come out every year is that traditionally the list highlighting the most influential people in, let's say, the ag industry is they look at one medium, usually that medium is Twitter, and it really looks at how many followers they have and how often they tweet certain hashtags. And that is not the algorithm that we are relying on to compile our lists. You know, we're looking at a broader set of variables to ensure that the list that we are creating is not just who's who among rural America. It is who you really need to know because they are doing something that either you need to know about or will inspire you or your community to start doing something similar or spark an idea that can really impact your community. Absolutely. And we're not just basing this on who has the most social media followers. We care about back to the story Mm -hmm. and what they're doing with their life. You know, if you look at just our first two lists so far, it really does encompass the entire United States and Canada. And we're looking at folks who are good people, right? They're people that we might want to sit down have Bible study with or maybe meet up with them at happy hour. But we are so inspired. We want to A, maybe buy their products. I know I bought a lot of Christmas gifts off our rural list list. Um, but we're we're really inspired that they're doing the doing the tough work. They're doing something that's not always easy. Yeah, I think maybe a common theme amongst all of them are that they persevere. Mm-hmm. And you see the results of that in the fruit from their life, really. Mm -hmm. And they're relatable, right? You know, we have someone on the inaugural list who splits her time between D.C. and rural Texas. And I know as a female entrepreneur, you know, sometimes we have to make tough choices, not just females, but males as well, in how do we divide our attention and our priorities between our family and where our passions are and how we can really make a difference in this world. And Others, they took an idea and turned it into an empire. And that is inspiring to me because sometimes sometimes you stumble upon an empire and sometimes you create that empire brick by brick. Yeah, for sure. Well, what excites you most about the future of rural America? I love every time I drive through a new main street, there is it. I would say nine times out of 10, there is a new business in a historic building. And that makes me excited because we're not saying, see you later, small towns, right? There are a lot of folks like us who are coming back to small towns. You know, two years ago, I lived in east side of Nashville, and now I live in Gore, Oklahoma, with a population of less than 2,000. 
And I get to do that because, you know, like we talked about earlier, the internet allows us to do our jobs. And I think the internet really is a driving factor of youth returning to rural America. And what I think is so promising about this is that the narrative is changing. You know, when I was in high school, it was not uncommon for a teacher or a counselor to just assume that I needed to leave my small town of Perkins, Oklahoma, because the opportunities that I needed to be successful in life were not going to be in Perkins. But now there's no reason that I can't do both and I can't be in Perkins and have a career that allows me to connect with people all over the world and make a difference for not only our small towns, you know, in Iowa or Tennessee or Oklahoma, but for all the small towns, like we don't have to just stay exactly where our roots are. Absolutely. Well, what's next for you with Rural Gone Urban, with some of the projects that you're working on? So I'm very excited for 2019 in a, in a lot of aspects. Um, you know, a lot of those who follow have been, and it's sliding up in my direct messages, have been asking when the next Rural Influencer Project is going to take place. And I can assure you, um, one, if not two or three, will take place in 2019. And unfortunately, I wasn't allowed the, or afforded the opportunity to plan one in 2018 because I stepped into a really exciting role serving as a field producer for a traveling TV show based on rural America. And what I found was I was not in control of my calendar. And so, you know, as an entrepreneur, you just kind of have to roll with the punches and and you never really know what's going to happen tomorrow, let alone next quarter. And over winter break, I really dove into what are my priorities as an entrepreneur, what matters most to me. And I really do believe it's helping facilitate others tell their stories of rural America. And so Rural Influencer Project is one of my top priorities. And to do that, I've had to make some tough decisions late last year. And that is what projects were was I going to be a part of? Um, what gets to make the cut? What gets to be on my roster? And I have 100% made those tough choices so that projects like this can filter to the top. So let me turn the let me turn it on you. I know that you're you're the host of Rural Revival, but I have questions for you. Okay. <laughs> what's what's next for you? What are you most excited about for 2019? You know, we did a farm dinner, a farm to table dinner last year, and that got was really well received and sparked a lot of interest in other towns. And mm-hmm. so we're going to be bringing farm dinners to other towns across rural America. So I'm definitely excited about that because it's more than just a farm dinner. It gives an opportunity to shine a light on a lot of businesses in those towns that we go to. So and it involve a lot of people and promote a really good cause. So I would love to have a farm dinner in Perkins, Oklahoma. And I think our mutual friend should come back and be the talent for that if he is listening to this. Now that we are bringing you back to Payne County, Oklahoma. I agree. We could, I think we can make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, aside from that, there's a few things in the works that I can't exactly um, promote yet, but you can stay tuned Ooh, for. Ooh, secretive. I know. Um, but yeah, the plan is to just keep telling the stories of people doing great things in rural America and continuing to build those relationships and doing road trips to visit those towns. And we'll see where that takes us this year. As you mentioned, being an entrepreneur is a big part of it is being flexible and being 
just kind of have open hands to wherever it leads. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, Brooke, turning back to you, how do we follow along with everything you have going on? How do we stay up to date with uh, what's coming forward with the Role Influencer Project? You can follow along at all social handles of Rural Gone Urban. There's also a fancy .com of ruralgoneurban.com. That is where you can find information about the Ruralist, the Rural Influencer Project, and other projects that I work on here and there. I've embedded a few videos of, of projects I worked on in the past year, which are pretty cool. Um, if I want to plug one right now, if you like steaks and you like NBA, Got to work on a really cool one with Stephen Adams. It was pretty legit. So we'll lots of fun stuff. One. Yeah. Yeah. I'll link to it. I mean, if you're into smashing steaks. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little teaser. Just a little teaser. Yeah. I mean, I'm into smashing steaks. So. And we are accepting nominations for our next rule list. So I want you to tell us why should any of our listeners nominate someone they know for the rule list? We are looking for top shelf representatives of rural America, and I don't care how many Instagram followers they have or how many people watch their Snapchats. I want to know the people who are doing really cool stuff, and that stuff could be making things. It could be facilitating things. It could be growing really cool products. We want to know who they are, and the truth is the type of people we're looking for, they're not bragging on themselves, so we need you to brag on them for them. Absolutely. Tell us. Yeah. Tell us who they are. And we'll list them up. So go to ruralist.co slash nominate mm-hmm. and stay tuned for our February list that will be coming out soon. Well, Brooke, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for stopping by in Tulsa. This is great. Like, I feel like we should go get tacos now and live on some Tulsa time. Let's do it. Great. <laughs> right. Well, I hope you enjoyed our conversation about entrepreneur life. And I love how Brooke's ad agency and travel and writing experience have all blended together into Rural Gone Urban, where she's telling some pretty great and important stories. Definitely go check out her website and blog, and you'll see exactly why I love her writing so much and how she's helping shine a light on great things happening in rural America as well. Well, thanks for joining us. And thanks again to Brooke for being on the podcast. And don't forget, go nominate your favorite rural influencer for The Ruralist. We'll be back here next week. Have a great day, everybody.